Good morning, everyone. My name is Elliot May, and I'm the Youth Ministry Director here at St. Columba's Episcopal Church. It's a joy and an honor to be with you this morning, and I invite you to pray with me. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight this day. Amen. A couple weeks ago, I had the huge privilege of taking several of our high school students on a week-long youth pilgrimage in the state of Delaware. And throughout the week, we had the chance to do all sorts of awesome stuff. We went kayaking, we volunteered at a local farm, we even went on something called an aerial treetop adventure, which actually was exactly as awesome as it sounds. It was great. And for those who haven't recently done an aerial treetop adventure, what that means is we got strapped into a climbing harness and we you know, clambered up these ladders into the trees and walked across rope bridges and went over zip lines and all sorts of stuff. It was great, super fun. And it was just part of an amazing trip uh, full of all sorts of interesting things and special experiences and one that I've been looking forward to for a long time, especially after this long pandemic stretch of physical distance and you know, Zoom youth group activities. It was so much fun to be together as a group and to be able to create memories in shared experiences. And as I said, we did a lot of fun and exciting stuff, but I think one of my favorite things we did together was actually something a lot simpler. We cooked together. Here's how it worked. We split our group of teenagers into two smaller groups. And over the course of two nights, we took each group of teens to the grocery store. We gave them a budget and a time limit. And we asked them as a group to plan and cook and serve a meal for everybody on the team, all the other teens and the adult leaders. And I have to say that while in the moment, it felt like a little bit of a risk to turn over dinner duties to a group of 15-year-olds. I'm so sorry if any of you are watching, anybody who was on that trip, I promise we trusted you, you did great. Uh, even while it felt like a risk right at that moment, they all did an incredible job. And it was a really special experience to watch. Both of the groups really took the time to think about everything that goes into feeding a large group. Right? They figured out, how do we pick out the dishes? How do we account for dietary needs? How do we plan out how much food we need to prepare so that everybody has enough? How do we use our budget well so we buy the most important stuff first and figure out the extras if we have any left over? But beyond the logistics of preparing a meal for a bunch of people, it was especially cool to watch the group come together around the table once it was ready. After all the prepping and the cooking and the serving, finally, we got to sit down and experience that sense of fellowship that only comes from sharing a special meal together. That experience got me thinking about today's gospel passage, actually. Here, Jesus offers what feels a little bit like a strange invitation, a call to absorb God, to take God into yourself, not in an abstract or spiritualized way, but really tangibly, physically, you might even say viscerally. I think for some of us, the verses about the body and blood of Christ might feel a little bit strange or 
may even cause a little bit of discomfort if we're not as familiar with the idea. What in the world is Jesus talking about? Right? Eating flesh, drinking blood, what is this? Well, if, any, if you're thinking any of that when you hear these verses, no problem. You are in good company. The text indicates that you are not alone. Jesus' listeners had similar questions. Verse 56 quotes the group that he was speaking with as saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Right? Maybe there has been some sort of misunderstanding. But instead of retreating, Jesus doubles down in response. And in the process, I think, leaves us with some interesting questions about what it is that he meant. In this exchange, there are echoes of an even more ancient Bible story. In the book of Exodus, we read the great saga of the Israelites as they escape from Egypt and begin the long search for the promised land. And at one point, the narrative describes this dire moment in their history. They've been lost in the wilderness for a long time, and things are not looking very good. Eventually, things get outright desperate. Supplies are low, people turn to Moses, and the complaints begin. At least we had food in Egypt, they say to Moses. Now we're out here in the middle of nowhere. Nothing to eat, nowhere to turn. We wish that we had just died in Egypt. And so Moses takes all this and he turns to God who promises to send bread from heaven for the people. And as you can imagine, this is certainly a welcome development no food is not nearly as good as having some food, but as often happens in the Bible, further problems emerge a little bit later down the road. People get tired of the bread. They get tired of having to gather it every day instead of being able to stockpile it ahead of time. In short, they get tired of this new uncomfortable dependence on God that the situation requires. The author Frederick Beekner once observed that we may not live by bread alone, but we also don't live very long without it. To eat is to acknowledge our dependence, both on food and on one another. And this is a little bit of the joy that we experienced on that pilgrimage a couple weeks ago. In preparing food for one another, slowing down enough to appreciate the food that we consume every day, we realized it was it was coming from somewhere specific, from people who had made it just for us in this instance. For those couple of evenings, we were dependent on one another for our daily sustenance. You know, my wife Molly and I have a little toddler named Lucy who will turn two years old in a couple of months. Lucy is our first child, so with each new stage she enters, it feels like this whole new world for us as parents while we're trying to navigate what the heck is going on and how do we cope with it. I've already learned so much from spending time with our tiny little daughter, but one of the most interesting things that I've noticed is that in certain moments, she exhibits behaviors that feel just like adult behaviors. One of these things is what seems like a almost innate resistance to the idea of dependence or limitedness. Here's what I mean. Even though she can't yet do much of anything for herself, she can't put on her own clothes, she can't change her own diaper, she likes to act as though she's independent and that she is 
unlimited in her abilities. She marches around everywhere without a backward glance to make sure that her mother or I are with her. She's poking things, grabbing whatever catches her eye, in general just pursuing whatever is interesting at all times, no matter the cost. She has absolutely no sense of danger. What happens if you touch the blue fire on the stove? What happens if you drop this delicate thing? What happens if you run out into the middle of the street? Right? And on and on and on, while her mom and I follow behind and try to keep her from doing anything too dangerous. And I have to say that it seems to me in some sense what Lucy's exhibiting there is a pretty basic human tendency. I mean, sure, maybe most of us learn not to touch the stove after a while, hopefully, but we still resist this idea that we are dependent, that we have limits. We don't like to think that there are places that we might always come up short, or ways in which we will always be dependent on others. I think this is part of what Jesus is pointing at in today's Gospel. Jesus draws a line for his listeners between the old story about Moses and the Israelites and the bread from heaven, which comes every day but disappears by tomorrow in the story from Exodus. Jesus is saying, I am that bread from heaven, sent by God to sustain you on your journey. Except there's one big difference. Unlike the bread from Exodus, this bread is eternal. This bread doesn't wither and disappear, and neither do those who partake of it. We see from this passage that God is not content to remain at a safe distance from humanity, offering just abstracted concepts about love or justice or mercy. No, God steps into the dust and the dirt of human life and invites us to the table to gather as the believing community and center ourselves again and again around our central story of faith. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them, Jesus says. It's part of what's unique and, again, maybe even uncomfortable about this passage. God insists on the tangible, even when it's uncomfortable. No mere conceptual sense of love or proximity. Real love, real proximity, real presence. On that youth pilgrimage a couple weeks ago, as we talked about different ideas and faith, we kept coming back to this one phrase over and over again, especially in prep for those big group dinners. What we have, we share. All are welcome here. It was a useful way for us to frame this sense of how we wanted to approach one another and everybody we encountered on that trip, to walk around each day with open hands saying to anyone we met, what we have, we share, and all are welcome. Today's gospel tells us that what God has, God shares too, which in this case is God's own self. At the table of God, we acknowledge our dependence on God and on one another. At the table of God, we find new life and a hope of something imperishable. May we be attentive to that call. Peace, friends.